Good evening, everyone. It's good to be in the house of God midweek, eh? get encouraged. Praise the Lord. If we can turn to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, and we'll read, we'll use this passage as a um, springboard into this subject in the scriptures which is rather it's very sobering and um, comforting and yet challenging at the same time. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 3. Uh, the Bible says here that the finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Well, let's pray. Uh, Holy Father, Lord God of heaven, we thank you for your goodness toward us. Thank you for your mercy, Father, that we can be assembled together like this uh, and have the liberty to meet midweek, Lord, to praise you and to give you all the glory and the honor that you rightfully deserve, Father, to give you our time and give you our devotion, Lord, and our breath that we may praise you. And Lord, I do pray for those that cannot be here. Do you think of Brother Dylan as... He has a slip disc in his back and he's injured, Lord, and at home. I do pray that you'd sustain him and minister to him, Father, and, uh, and those uh, that cannot be here as well. pray that you'd continue to have your hand upon them. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, give me the grace that I need, Father, and the wisdom, Lord, uh, and that you'd be with my heart, you'd be with my mind and mouth and my thoughts, Father. I do thank you for your word and I pray that you'd help me communicate it clearly. And uh, Lord, we do just want to commit this time before you and ask of you, Father, that you'd minister to our hearts and that your word would have free course, that there'd be no hindrances, Lord. Um, do thank you and do praise you and ask of you in, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this evening we're going to look at certain things, how the Lord tries our hearts and uh, what he uses, what means, how, and how he tries the heart, uh, the why, the, what purpose uh, it is for, and the, the warning regarding this. So in this proverb, we find a profound truth, and it's illustrated by the art of refining silver and gold. And as silver and gold have imperfections when they're found in the ground, uh, you know, like dross and dirt, defects and and our deficiencies likewise we also have many defects when we're found of the lord and and he's able to remove and he, and he desires to remove these uh defects and the dross so to speak that we have in our lives and he's able to and uh able to refine us in this area so this process does it's done through intense heat and and fire and it brings forth uh, the, the vessel or the element such as silver and gold uh, and our hearts clean and purified and uh, so it can be molded practically and utilized and uh, for you know, personal uh, you know the application of choice in which God would have us to live and and how uh, he would have us uh, personally with him to be more conformed into the image of his son and so gold it takes about 1062 degrees the celsius to melt and that's that's very hot 
And so when put in a furnace with intense heat, such as that, it, 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 it no longer remains hard or stiff. And it's, it allows it to be, be softened and sifted. So all the impurities that are found with it uh, would be left behind and then brought to the, the surface and removed. And so God uses this earthly picture, like you, you think of a, a refining pot and silver being put in it, and all the yeah that dirt and dross would flake and float to the top and be scooped out, and this is how he uses this picture to to, to show us what he really wants to do and what he does do in in the heart of man, and uh, and and this in fact does need to take place with our hearts and need to be purified and refined in the hand of its maker, and our proverb here says the Lord trieth the hearts, and the definition for this word trieth is to test, to investigate, to examine, prove, and to try. Uh, have a look at Proverbs 16, verse 2. It's one chapter behind. In verse 2, it says there, All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. And so the word weigheth here means to balance, to measure out, to arrange and has the idea of leveling uh, by mental estimation or to test, to ponder, to, to tell or weigh. So I think of our person, you know, have, that has a strict diet, you know, they, they weigh all their, their foods, you know, they weigh the fats and the proteins and they weigh the, you know, all these different things meticulously and, you know, they're fanatical about it and everything's got to be to the T. And so the, the Lord alone can weigh what's in our heart and, and every heart of man, not only in this room, but in the world that inhabits the earth. He, 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 he weighs the, the, the spirits. And on a wider perspective, this, this encompasses our thought life, our emotions, our, our works and motives and intents for those works. Turn, if you would, to chapter 21, verse 2, in the book of Proverbs. The Scriptures revealed to us here that every way of a man is right in his own eyes but the Lord pondereth the hearts so again this same idea is brought across all different uh, of these proverbs and this word ponder is the same word as way and so if we turn in our Bibles to Malachi chapter 3 we see uh, Malachi's prophecy concerning the Lord and what he says, Malachi chapter 3. Oh yeah, the last book in the Old Testament, Malachi. Yeah, he says that, he says, But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. So the Lord here is likened as a refiner's fire. He's the fire himself. And he ponders and purifies the heart of man and fuller's soap. He's like a chemical solution used to 
in, in bleaching cloth. And so the Lord alone, he, he, he it is that purifies, cleanses, proves and purges our inward parts. And that's so, very sobering when, when, we, when we think about that and, and, we, and we think of our very hearts and lives. And you know, only we think we know our thoughts, but the Lord knows them. So, so this is a sobering uh, fact and biblical truth. And God wants us to be undefiled. And this happens progressively as we expose ourselves willingly to Him because He is like, in this verse, the refiner's fire and, and He's the means of this purification process. Um, Zechariah 13, it seems as though He's prophesying regarding the, the, the shepherd here and he uh he mentions and i believe it's referenced in the new testament scriptures the smite the shepherd and the sheep uh scatter so he mentions this and in verse 9 here in chapter 13 of zechariah he says and i will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried they shall call on my name and i will hear them I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. What a blessing that is. And, and we can't expect to have this vibrant, intimate fellowship, enriched uh, communion with the Lord and this adoration to God if we're not willing to be exposed by Him and exposed you know, to Him, so, so to speak, and trust Him to put us through this fire in order to be refined by his, for His namesake. And, and David knew that. Uh, in the Old Testament, if you want to turn to First Chronicles, chapter twenty-eight, we'll have a look at what David, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he, he makes known here. First Chronicles twenty-eight, verse nine. He's uh, admonishing his son uh, in the Lord and in the faith, and he and he says. In verse 9, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a perfect, with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. And the Lord, by the hand of Jeremiah, made this known as well in Jeremiah 17 he said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it and he says I the Lord search the heart I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings and in contrast to this passage when we look at Revelation chapter 2 if you want to turn there to close the, the whole canon of scripture in the book of Revelation uh, Jesus says here in Revelation 2 verse 23. Jesus says in, in this verse, I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts and will give unto every one of you according to your works. And here he's talking to the church. So we th this is one of the many passages that prove the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Lord in Jeremiah that searches the hearts and tries the reins. And here 
it's Jesus. And we know from the four Gospels that Jesus has omniscience, meaning he's all-knowing, which only can be an attribute of God. And, and Jesus knew those that followed him. We know and understand for, for temporal provisions, you know, to, he knows the, those that wanted to just fill their own bellies. Uh, for the miracles, instead of God, the God of miracles, for carnal ambitions and not for the glory of God, for physical healing and not spiritual healing, and those that wanted out of their circumstances rather than the root problem, uh, which always from the fall of Adam has been sin and uh, you know, disobedience to God. And so the Lord knows and He rewards men according to their own works. And the Hebrew writer, he says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And our God is a consuming fire. And so we see in the scriptures what the Lord uses. Well, one example is, is trials. In the scriptures, God reveals to us that men aforetime that had a heart for him, their, their faith was refined and purified through trials. For example, Moses, God called Moses to... to to lead, lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, uh, and Moses was tried by the very task at hand, leading this multitude of Israelites out of Egypt. And he gave five excuses not to even go uh, before God. He, he faced opposition with Pharaoh and the children of Israel themselves in the wilderness. And God tried his chosen people themselves who he delivered uh, by the hand of Moses in the wilderness, whether they'd keep his commandments or no. And, uh, and today God allows and permits certain trials and tribulations in our life. And, uh, and God did it with Daniel. We see there in, in Daniel chapter 6, if you want to turn there. Daniel chapter 6, we see this very encouraging scripture in here and, this, and what took place in, in time past. Now, these uh, wicked men wanted to find ought, so to speak, against Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. And for the context here, we'll, we'll look at verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, uh, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And what a testimony that is. And we notice in verse 10, or leading up to verse 10, they establish a decree uh, that, that men would not have any uh, allowed to be um, make petition before any other god except this 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 man made um, a petition that, that they made and 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 they they set it up for the whole kingdom just to get to the one man that had faith in in, in the lord in verse 10 we read uh, now when daniel knew that the writing was signed he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And, and this decree was the trying and testing of Daniel's 
face whether he would we would fear man or fear God. And he it says he went into his house and his windows being opened. You know, Daniel didn't close the curtains or roll down the blinds. You know, his windows were were wide open, and he was unashamed, and and in his commitment and relationship to the Lord, his God, and he kneeled three times a day. So he was faithful in in praying and making supplication before the Savior. And David, oh sorry, Daniel did. He didn't bow the knee to man's decree. He bowed his knees before the God of heaven, and that's what we ought to do amen and he, and and because of that he was thrown into the den of lions however daniel's trial and tribulation and this temptation he endured it not only proved his unfeigned love for the lord and genuine trust in the lord but it actually created faith in darius the king so the romans a it, it it proves true even in the old testament how he works all things together for good to them that love him uh, notice verse 25 in the same chapter. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. <laughs> For he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. What a blessing. That, that came from the king. And he, and, he, and he published that. What a blessing that is. And so the Lord uses afflictions in our life to refine us. And, and, and Daniel came forth uh, a, a, a man of faith and he's, he was proven before the king and, uh, and not only that he was proven by God and he was tested and tried uh, and, and his heart it, it proved to be true in, um, in Psalms 119 if you want to turn there in the scriptures we'll see this example of the psalmist we, we know and understand that the Lord does use affliction in various forms in in our life uh, that he would sanctify us and do this refining molding work and and the psalmist knew it too in verse 67 in the psalms he knew that going his own way it brought self-imposed affliction which caused him to return to obey the lord and keep his word notice 67 verse 67 here he says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. And verse 71, he says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. So he recognized how the Lord could even use this affliction in his life for good and, and help him learn to love the statutes of God and, and, and keep them. And what a blessing that is when the Lord does that refining work in us. We, you know, we fall short in one area and, and, and we, we're afflicted. And, and, but now we, we know to, we learn the statutes and, we, and, we, and we, we can better keep them and perfect that which remains. And uh, allow the Lord to do that work. And uh, this is a given. The Lord uses His Word uh, as the psalmist. He was brought back to the precepts of God. The Hebrew writer... Uh, he, he speaks of the Word of God being quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
uh, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the more we're exposed to the scripture and the more scripture we have in our heads and hearts, uh, we, we hide it there that we might not sin against him. But he, he, he discerns and, and tries our hearts with his word. And, uh, and, and if as, as, as a believer, we want to be matured and refined, we've got to uh, have our noses in the book of books. Amen. The, the Lord also uses persecution. Uh, Peter was thrown in prison for preaching and teaching in the name of Christ. And, and the angel of the Lord breaks his bands asunder and he tells him to go, stand and speak. Like, what a blessing that is. And by God's grace, he did. He got up and continued to preach and he would have preached you know, more fervently. Like this is you know, sobering stuff. These people are enemies of the cross and they don't want him to be able to feed the, the, the people with the word of truth and, and the gospel that's able to save. And um, by the way, it's so sobering when we go out there in the streets and in the parks and we're seeing the profound effect that the gospel is having in someone's heart. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all these hindrances come left, right and center mm-hmm. trying to you know, deter them and hinder them from, from the faith. You know, it happens all the time. A phone call or their, their partner comes or... Mm-hmm boyfriend girlfriend something takes place and uh and nehemiah he you know his testimony this this is just unbelievable what he went through the trials uh that came when he hated the call of god and when he started to rebuild jerusalem's walls if you want to turn to that book we'll have a look briefly at nehemiah he'd been informed about the broken walls of jerusalem and the gates that had been burned with fire. And so we, we see that he had a, a walk with God, an intimate relationship with the Lord himself. He mourned and fasted and made supplication before his God. And then the Lord put it in his heart to go and, and begin to rebuild the walls. And so God's looking for a people uh, that he can get a hold of. And Nehemiah was, was the man for that hour. Notice in chapter 2, verse 5, pick it up from here and I Nehemiah he said unto the king if it please the king and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight that thou wouldest send me unto Judah unto the city of my father's sepulchres that I may build it and so the scripture doesn't really reveal if he had a trade uh, before the the captivity or what he was doing for uh, for work but as far as we know and understand, he wasn't a tradesman and he wasn't a qualified carpenter or a stonemason or even a builder. He was actually the king's cupbearer. <laughs> he was just a cupbearer. You know, this distinct role that he had, he just he bore the king's cup. And, and we've just got a man of faith here that loved the Lord and loved the house of God and he, and he lived by faith. And, uh, he, and he went providentially, the, he, the, the king saw he was downcast uh, because of uh, the situation that had taken place. And he sought the welfare of the children of Israel and, and opposition came and conflict. You got these wicked men that when they perceived he had, uh, he was seeking the welfare for these people, that they were grieved uh, the, 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 to no end. And so not only the opposition came from without, it also came from within later on fr- from the Jews themselves. And because Nehemiah took this step of faith and walked with, with his God, 
uh, God begin to mold him and perfect Nehemiah into much more than just the king's cupbearer. He took that step of faith to be used of the Lord, made himself available in this way and, and had this earnest desire to, to do the work of God. And, and, and again, this is you know, paramount. It's, it's, it's just the purpose that we have for life. We're, we're, we're here to glorify the Lord and, and to be in His service and doing His will. And so in this case, before the building even started, the Jews were laughed at and they were despised and, and just scorned. And they hadn't even done anything yet. They just, they've just come together and Nehemiah has encouraged them to, to begin the building. And they, they all agree, uh, the rulers and, and so forth. And then in verse 18, we see in chapter 2, It says here, but, but when Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? And God gave courage to this cupbearer and, and to lead the multitude into the work of God. And today, I'll, you know, I wonder what excuses we make for not serving the Lord where we're at and meeting the needs of God's service when we hear about it, when we know about it. You know, this man didn't make excuse, but he, 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 he desired to and, and the Lord allowed him and gave him that, that, that path and directed his steps. And so this, this persecution from these adversaries, it just continued from the moment they, before they started all the way through. And yet Nehemiah, he led and persevered through the hindrances. And they finished building these walls around Jerusalem in just 52 days. And so Nehemiah's root in God, they were just it was way too strong to be plucked up and, and out by these wicked men and their, their devices. They used false accusations against him. And they used uh, you know, slandering and, and trying to weaken their hands for the work. Uh, Nehemiah's response notice th where his heart was in chapter 4 Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 13 it says here therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places I even set the people after their families with their swords their spears and their bows and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people be not ye afraid of them remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren your sons your daughters your wives and your houses praise God this, this he had the greatness of the almighty God in his eyes and when he was doing this work and in the light of who the Lord is these adversaries and enemies are just nothing like grasshoppers uh, before him. And so the Lord had a, had a hold of Nehemiah and, he, and, and God even allowed this testing and trying in building up this, the walls to build a man of God and try his heart in this sense. And he came forth refined and used mightily in the restoration of God's people and, and, and he led alongside Ezra in, in revival. Uh, shortly after the walls were finished. And it took years for, in his godly living for them to actually uh, be picked up and encouraged uh, 
but the, the purpose for this trying and refining is to build up character in our life. And, uh, and it's a pity that Christians today that, you know, we often hesitate and we don't want to enter in to these fires of affliction, so to speak. And we, we think we're giving up peace, we're giving up joy, we're giving up fun, you know, we're giving up liberties. But a man once said, my friend, you will never have joy and happiness living as a Christian until God refines you. And it's true. It really is. And the Lord may allow an experience in our life or something that's unexpected or something that seems to you know, frustrate our endeavors or, or so, or situations such as this, intending to build us up and bring us out sweeter and more precious in His sight. And so this, this fire, it refines. And we need to be Christians today that go through the fire by faith. God, godly men and women in every age are cultivated and made in the hand of God and by His Spirit. And I've got, I thought of this, you know, when I was making a sandwich. I, I, I was, you know, I was thinking about these wonderful truths and, and scriptures and it's making a sandwich. And I was putting ham and avocado and cheese and some more cheese and some butter and, and so forth and even butter on the outside. And I had the sandwich press heating up. And so knowing if I ate it the way it was, it was cold and it was just had butter all over it and it wouldn't be as good, but I knew full well that it'd go in the, the press where, where the heat was. And so it can melt. You know, all the cheese combines all the flavors together, you know, salt and pepper and chili flakes and all these things. And so the butter would just make all the bread nice and crunchy and just very satisfying to the taste. And it made my, my taste buds rejoice. And it was a wonderful thing. And so just, you know, all these ingredients in, the, in, in, in short, when they came out of the, the heat, it, it was better and it was more to be desirous you know, to, to, to my stomach, really. And so, all these different ingredients, so to speak, in the Christian life, you know, Peter tells us to add to our faith virtues, you know, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. And Jude says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, you know, being wholly dependent, having confidence toward God. Uh, when we're put into the press, you know, in this heat and in this intense fire that we're refined, we come forth as gold and precious and, you know, approved and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. That we, you know, that he, the way He'd intend us to be and who He'd have us to be in Christ, uh, whose heart is nearer, fixed, and steadfast with God. And so, the, you know, this is God's ultimate aim for each and every one of us. Every day, I believe there's many many areas in our life that God wants to refine but we're just really unaware of it maybe we're just you know we're just too busy with things I think of Nebuchadnezzar the king I was just reading Daniel with Tony um, the other day we're having a sweet time in the book of Daniel and he was exalting himself and he was full of pride and, and he was boasting in the fact that it was his kingdom and his majesty and his glory it was his 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 and then a voice comes from heaven i'm just paraphrasing from memory and uh the lord basically makes him like a beast and 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 he go he loses 
and he's has the kingdom rendered from him and he's uh he, he's on the nebuchadnezzar diet now now he's, he's eating grass and his claws grow and feathers and you know he's like a like an animal and so he was in this state until he he, he recognized god until he recognized that that, that it's it's the lord and uh, and and from from memory it says he came to himself or he 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 he, he understood that, that 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 the lord is on the throne and, and god is sovereign and god is preeminent and and this is when he was restored to a normal human fashion really uh psalm 51 uh the psalmist here says behold thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And so the problem and, and the warning for us is to steer clear from stubbornness and, and you know, pride and arrogance and being stiff-necked when, when the Lord's pointing on something in our life. And we think, you know, we, we justify ourselves that we're good with the Lord just because we have some sort of form of godliness and outward conformity. But God really tries the heart as we've seen and he tests and examines and he weighs it and he desires truth therein and uprightness in the inward parts of our hearts you know god knows our attitude toward others god knows if our worship is acceptable with reverence and godly fear stemming out of a heart of thanksgiving before him he knows our attitude toward preaching week week in and week out when we're sitting under it, whether we despise it or whether we uh, seek to apply it to our life and as it's presented to us, you know, these, these uh, truths we, we hear week in and week out, we're very accountable uh, before God and, and the attitude that we come with is, is, is very important. We, we see that motives is a big thing uh, before the Lord. And so there are those that have a passion and an earnest desire to be cleansed from their secret and presumptuous sin in their life and to press on loving the Lord and serving the Lord acceptably uh, as a living sacrifice, living in this manner, you know, following in the, in the footsteps of Jesus. And those that don't, and, and these people that maintain an outward uh, form of godliness to save face, but really their heart isn't even in it. And, and, and you know, as people, we don't know people's hearts well but we know ours and, and we know god knows ours and so you know he, he knows if we're here for the right reasons and 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 he knows uh and 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 it's either these you know this reason people their heart's not in it or they're not really where they should be in their fellowship with the lord and and christians who love the lord so the proverb that we began with says the lord trieth the hearts and so how are we meant to be perfected and molded in the hands of, of almighty god if we're not willing to yield or trust him uh, in putting us in this fire you know how, how these are good questions to ask ourselves how, how are we to grow if we're not committed in our conformity to christ and, and how are we to please him if we're too busy pleasing ourselves you know that living a con comfortable convenient christianity and uh you know do we have and maintain this teachable spirit before god one that's 
studious and wanting to learn and, and, and be matured and perfected? Or have we come to this place where, oh, you know, she'll be right. And, and this is, you know, as soon as we've come to this place, it's, 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 um, it's no good really. It's like spiritual sloth, so to speak. And so, you know, are we, are we willing to give up something that the Lord, you know, reveals in, in our life? Whether it, you know, the, the application here, it could, it could be, you know, music, could be plans that we've purposed to do, but it's, it's outside of biblical guidelines for our spiritual growth and welfare. could be, you know, fellowship and people we hang around with and the work that we do and, and, and so forth. You know, are we willing? Because I, I know the Lord is willing to refine us. He's like the refiner's fire and he seeks to purify us. And that we'd come forth as gold. And we think of Job, when, you know, when, when that's said. Because uh, it came out of his mouth, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Do we, do we trust God? You know, and this is where it comes down to. So it's allowing him, really, to, to refine us and, and having this you know, submissive spirit before God and allowing Him to, to search our hearts and have that, that cry like the psalmist David when he said, Search me, O God, and, and, and know my, my heart, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, he was sensitive and, and he really wanted God to, to, to search him. Could, could, do we have this sort of confidence before God where we can say that? You know, search me. Do we have that mentality? You know, and this this is the um, really the uh, the warning in regards to knowing the, these truths. You know that we would veer away from being prideful in any way. We know Proverbs six: God hates pride uh, in every form and fashion. And so there's not, I don't believe there's one person here that reads their Bible or is even listening to this and, and, and says, you know, I'm completely refined or perfect. You know, in, in, you know we're, we're not. And we all need work to be done in our life. And, and we know where and in what areas. And, and the Lord's willing, wanting, and He's waiting to perfect us uh, in, in our weaknesses. And so as a church, are we willing? As His child, are, are you willing? You know, to be examined and proved before your heavenly Father. The the, the caution is is to be very careful of having this hardness of heart. You know, like the children of Israel did. God's chosen people were called by some the, the nation of apostasy. And when I heard that, that was sobering, because time and time again, you think about it, God would deliver them from bondage and and from you know wicked hands and wicked men, and then they would turn back. Uh, from following the Lord and go whoring after other gods and, and dumb idols. You know, they even had the, the audacity to say that this golden calf is, 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 is he that delivered us and from, the, from Egypt, you know. So, so we need to be truthful to God, you know, when we're in prayer, like later on and in the closet and so to speak, you know, having this sensitivity uh, that David had. You know, God, God saved us to fashion us into servants uh, pleasing to him and uh, Peter out of all people he says be clothed with humility and we heard uh, tonight that God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble 
And so this, we're in need of the grace of God to, be, have, to have this refined work done in our, in our hearts and, and then it manifesting it not only before God for His glory, but before other people. That they would see Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know, we're complete in the Lord. Uh, but do we, do we live that way? You know, do we behave in such a way where you know, I'm, I'm complete in Him and I'm being perfected in Him and I love Him? I praise him as I'm in the shops and do people hear me singing to the Lord and you know it's it's, it's not really about if they can hear it's more just the, the the song and melody that you have in your heart before God that would be Christians yes sweet New Testament Christians willing to go into the furnace of, of fire for, for, for God's glory like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these Hebrew men, they, they were willing. They were cast into the fiery furnace just because they didn't want to bow down to this, this, this dumb idol, this, this false god. And, and they, they lived lives that, that were God-honoring. And they stood in the day of, of apostasy, in the day of a, a wicked, wicked king and, and wicked people, you know, pagans. And, and you know... And, you know, in this day that we're living in today, it's the same. We're living in a day of apostasy. And it's only getting worse. And, and that's, that's foretold and prophesied too. You know, that, that we'd be fighting the good fight of faith and trusting the Lord to deliver us as He did them. You know, even, even if He doesn't, they said, be it known unto thee, O King. You know, we, we were not going to bow. They didn't bow before Him. They, they bowed before the Lord. And, and, and the Lord delivered them. And, and they were in there, uh, you know, they, they had no bonds and they're walking around and, and, and the king is, is marveling. And didn't we cast three in? There's, there's four, one like the son of God. And he was there. And, and he will be there when we're in the fire. And that's the blessing, that, that, that he is like the refiner's fire. And when we, you know, go out of our comfort zone and we're challenged and, you know, we're, we, we're, we're encouraged to make these steps of faith in life, through sermons, through Bible reading, through, you know, preaching, uh, even through seeing wickedness in the world, just making a stand, you know what, that's evil, that's wrong. And, and, and being these salts and lights that God would have us to be, living in, in that form, and, you know, of Christianity like God wants us to, that, that will refine you as a person and that will build character uh, in our life. You know, Ezekiel records that Noah, Daniel, they were, they were the most godly men in their day. Brother Damon preached that there was one other man, Noah, Daniel, and Job. If they were in it and, and, and they were delivered because of their righteousness. And, and, and that, we'll, we'll look at Malachi 3, the, the last part of that verse there. This is the purpose for, for the refining. Malachi chapter 3, verse 3. It says there, And he shall sit as a refiner, refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. And so this is, 
you know, we're, we're perfected in righteousness and we become more and more like Him, conformed and transformed into the image of Christ by His Spirit. You know, and when we abide in the, the true vine, we're, we're able to bring forth fruit and He purges us that we'd bring forth more fruit and, and, and fulfill His will from, from the heart. This is the, the whole, you know, refining process and, and, and the end of that is that we would live lives glorifying to Him. And it does take all these different fires, persecution, trial, tribulation, uh, suffering as a whole. And so this is the fire that, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, are we willing to face? Are we willing to go in? Are we willing to, to, to come forth as gold and, and really press on and grow in the Lord? And so I've been encouraged by, by this to no end, searching all these different scriptures. And, uh, and Peter, if you want to turn to 1 Peter, uh, this passage here, New Testament one, we've looked at a, a couple of Old Testament examples. But 1 Peter chapter 1, he talks about the trial of our faith. And from verse 3, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honour and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And so for those that are unsaved here, to appeal to you, the fire that the unsaved face, we, we know and understand what that is, and that's the fire of God's vengeance and, and, and for, for, for obeying not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and then the lake of fire for all eternity. So God is a consuming fire. He puts us through the fire uh, that we'd come forth uh, as... as Peter says, much more precious than gold. And then the wicked and, and the devil and the antichrist and, and ungodly men uh, are ordained to this condemnation in the lake of fire. And so I'll ask you this, what fire do you want to be in? I know which one I want to be in. What about you, Nikita? What fire do you want to be in? Yeah. yeah, the chaff is burned with unquenchable fire. Wow. Yes. It'll praise God that it's, it's by the gospel that we've been saved and delivered and redeemed. Praise God for that. Yeah, I hope that was a blessing to you. Yeah, let's thank the Lord and ask that He do a wonderful work in our hearts and lives.
Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness uh, toward us. Thank you for your word uh, that does refine us and does expose us and and our Lord discerns the thoughts and intents of our hearts, Lord, that we would be uh, true to thee, drawing nearer to you, Father, uh, in fellowship and in communion, dear God. We thank you, uh, Lord, for this wonderful work uh, that you uh, put us through, Lord, even though it seems uh, grievous and it's hard and it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's afflicting and it's tribulation, but yet, Lord, we know that all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer uh, persecution, but Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, that ours is the, the kingdom, that we can uh, one day be with you, our King uh, and our Saviour, and we thank you, Father, for uh, this wonderful work that you do and desire to do in our hearts and, and I pray that you'd help us to be uh, meek and, and lowly and more like the Saviour and that you'd continue to have uh, liberty uh, Lord in our hearts and that we'd allow you to refine us and purify us and uh, mould us dear God into men and women of faith uh, not wavering uh, to the left or to the right but, but keeping your ways and and your word, Father, that we'd be perfected and uh, add to our faith and do all these things that you'd have us to do. We thank you for these uh, men like Nehemiah, uh, like Moses, uh, Lord, like Abraham that was tried. He even offered up his, his only begotten son. And uh, Lord, we thank you for our Savior that endured uh, even the death of the cross and the sufferings that he went through for us uh, to redeem us, Father. We thank you for our greatest example, uh, Lord, that we are called to follow after. And I pray that you'd, uh, Lord, do this work in us and, and uh, help us, Lord, to yield to you and uh, to trust you and uh, to be refined in, in, in our weaknesses, dear God. We pray that you'd search our hearts and try us, Lord, and see, uh, Father, if there be any wicked way, a presumptuous sin and secret sin in our life, Father, that we'd hate it and detest it. And that we'd continue to uh, desire your, your, your working in, our, in us and, and your grace, dear God. Uh, that we'd live uh, for your glory and honour. And do pray and do ask of you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.